Good afternoon. So we're looking at 1 Samuel chapters 1 to 5. And before we continue, it's good to reflect as to where we are. So we've come from a people that have been nomadic, traveling, wandering through the wilderness, and now come into the promised land. They've been given commands and warnings of how to behave. It shows that every single command they had been given has been broken, broken to an extent that they have rejected God and wanting to now live the life like everyone else is living uh, to a point that they now, as God had told them before, that uh, they would reject him as their God and king and would like to have a king like the other nations. So you have that as your backdrop as to God's providence, how he works through it. In making sure that even though they desire that which is uh, evil, God will turn it to his benefit and and to his glory. But what I would like to bring to your attention is, you got Samuel's mother that is the temple, and she's praying, she wants a child. The husband is a polygamist, and uh, God's closed the womb of this, uh, of Hannah, and one would ask the question naturally as well, why? But don't you see that there's always the sense of God's grace upon the woman? If you look at Sarah, you look at Rachel, you look at uh, uh, now this uh, uh, Hannah, they all seem to be at a point where they have to call out to God. So she dedicates the child as a vow if God gave a child to her, the child will belong to God. And this is the, the very heart of one would see why God had another purpose in raising up Samuel within the temple or the, with, the, with, the priest, with a priest as a mentor. Uh, we don't know of how, the, how affluent this family was. Uh, if you look at it, Eli had taken her to be a drunk woman. So he must have not thought much of her. So it shows you that God can choose people from the most lowest ranks and he can raise them to wherever he likes. Promotion comes from him. And as he now is in the temple and he's been given to God, we see that his mother comes with a robe. Uh, so as he's growing up, as the boy grows, in stature and in wisdom and in favor with God. And one realizes that in this book of Samuel, you're going to find the robe has been quite often used. Uh, Samuel tears the robe of uh, Saul as the kingdoms won't be teared. And then David cuts a piece of the robe of Samuel upon Saul. So what we're getting to see is that there is some sort of authority or sort of blessing and favor that when God gives one a robe of, I would say, position to rule or to guide or to work for him. And so here the boy is being trained and he's being uh, nurtured as at the same time we are hearing of Eli's uh, naughty children and they are to a point, they've brought an instrument into the temple worship, which is the three-pronged fork. 
Now, what on earth is that? And I don't remember it being manufactured during the tabernacle. Uh, but however, pagan cultures used to use it for flipping the meat over. So why are they getting involved in, in taking the meat while it's boiling out? Secondly, isn't fat were prohibited as it was the best portion and was meant and reserved for God? So you see that the sons have no regard and disrespect for God. And uh, Eli is very lackadaisical about this whole issue in that he says, well, let God do whatever he wants to do. In that you see he is more interested in his religion than he is in a relationship. Because he doesn't act, react the same way when uh, the temple uh, of the covenant is uh, is taken away. He doesn't react. He, he is actually very passionate about it. So you see here uh, we have a problem. A problem of the heart that many of us have. A problem where religion matters more than what God thinks of us or when we know that there's something wrong and we don't want to fix it because we believe that uh, serving God means more than our own lives because you are doing something good and that's a lie. God's interested in our passion. Our heart's desire should be as his. So now you get the case where uh, Samuel's sleeping and God uh, speaks to him and uh, very um, I would say timely that Eli is able to mentor the boy and not feeling at any point uh, that uh, you know jealous that he's spoken but he does the next morning threaten him that he has to tell him what God spoke to him and there you see now Samuel is becoming the prophet of his mentor so this also shows you that we should never think of ourselves as being indispensable that God really needs us and that we can't he can't do anything without us and that would be a definite lie a lie of the enemy trying to make us believe that we could rise up above God and that's his uh, downfall so these worthless sons of Eli uh, uh, taking the fat uh, sleeping with the girls uh, has caused a great uh, dis, dis, uh, displeasing an abomination unto the Lord and uh, God deals with them. And so we now, uh, yeah, let's look at how Eli rebukes his sons. He says, why do you do such things? For a year of your evil. So a year, what was he doing? Why couldn't he see it himself? Uh, and he says, no, my sons, it is no good report that I hear that people of the Lord are spreading abroad, abroad where? So that's another broad is an added word actually put into the text. So if somebody sins against God, uh, a man, uh, God will mediate for him. So he knows God's graciousness, but if he does it against God, who will? So you got that. Now the boy continued to grow as Jesus in stature and in favor with God and with man. And then we see here that um, uh, uh, we see that his God is reveals himself to Samuel and as he reveals himself to Samuel you can see the days are closing and drawing to an end when Eli realizes that God is no longer speaking to you he's using a, a boy to do so 
but uh, uh, we see that he says yes uh, you know God your servant is listening and that's I think the heart attitude we all should have we talk to God we pray to God but and that's what Eli did on a daily basis he he talked but do we ever listen so now in chapter 4 you've got uh, the Philistines capture the ark and in capturing the ark uh, it, they bring a great uh, uh, plague on themselves that they would have somehow they know what to offer and to how to send the ark back uh, and uh, this uh, they know very well as well of this is the amazing thing is that the people of Israel don't know where they came from but the people of the Philistines say these are the gods who struck the Egyptians with every sort of plague in the wilderness take courage and be men of Philistines well men won't help you with a god like ours and so uh, that's me adding that part okay so now you see that uh, this this uh, whole issue of how disobedience brings about the chaos even in the ranks it the very thing that they thought he, he controlled which Eli did is now been taken away so he's sitting there by the road and he's watching and his heart is trembled for the ark of the covenant has not is no longer there so what good is he that's what he's probably thinking and uh, when he finds out that it's been captured he falls backward so he says he is a, a heavy man uh, meaning probably very fat so he broke his neck so he must have not done a lot of work towards the end of his life and um, they called the child Ichabod uh, one that had, uh, that uh, was uh, given birth to after he had died because he says the glory has left or departed from Israel but that's not entirely true the glory had departed long before the ark had gone so we place the instruments of worship as the worship rather than the heart of worship and that's the issue is when the instruments become the heart then it's no longer re- relevant and does not fulfill its function and so the philistines know what to do they see that uh, how in the house of dagon how everything is basically uh, brought low because god's glory is there dagon has for, uh, had fallen face downwards on the ground before the covenant ark and uh, they know what to do they actually are uh, wise enough to know not to mess with god but that isn't that the, the sort of the what to call it the uh, strange reality is that the people of god don't know who god is but the world does and when i say the world i mean these people here yeah, they know not to mess with god but for some reason i think the familiarity of who god is uh, wanes dim and so they then the men who did this uh, they basically put some tumors and i don't know how and some uh, and some offerings and they send the thing back so that's that part what can we see from here about god we see that when there's disobedience is there comes a point where you will constantly try to bring us back reel us back but there comes a point as well where we harden our own hearts and become callous So I'll speak to the pastors just like Eli 
offering your praises to the Lord Sunday after Sunday or during your work hours. But if the instruments of your worship uh, are dull as one's heart, then no amount of worship could ever relate to God. It's the heart that God seeks. And if we've lost that heart of worship, then all other worship needs to cease because it's not just worship, then it's a making a noise. And so what we need to realize is that when there is evil in our camp, we need to deal with it. We are a people that is holy, and we are a people that needs to be reminded that we are serving a holy God. And we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. And that's the heart of it is, is that He's with us. And as we sin, we grieve Him because He is has to be at the midst of that sin uh, witnessing you in that sin and so just as much God is all knowing and all present how an assurance that is for a believer to know that God is with him always but how what a dread it is for that person that is in sin to know that God is seeing you every moment of every minute of every second so I would say It's never too late for us to return to God. It's never too late for us to not focus our gaze upon that which man made with hands of the covenant ark of the church building or the Bibles or the pews or the spire or anything that looks religious and look deeper enough to see into the eyes of our Father because that's what we do. We see into His face because the veil has been torn so we come boldly before the throne room whereas this people of Israel didn't have the privilege of that so god bless you i look forward to speaking to you tomorrow